0: Hi, this is Taylor Rotwell back with another Laravel snippet. It is Friday, May 3rd here in the office, wrapping up another week working on Laravel stuff, working on Laracon stuff, working on all kinds of stuff, really. Um, Some pretty cool new stuff in Laravel recently. Um, The at error directive was added to Blade, which basically you say like at error and then the attribute name. You pass it the attribute name, and then if there is an error in the validation error bag for that attribute, um, it sort of goes into a block. So it's it's at error and at end error sort of are the um, start and end of the block. And then within there, you can just echo out message as a variable. So that's already documented in the blade documentation. So if you go out there and look at it, it's a little bit easier to visualize than me explaining it, but that's a pretty nice new feature uh, in the framework. Uh, there was also a new database underscore URL environment variable support for database connections. So some providers actually already like Heroku or I think AWS as well will give you sort of a URL to connect to your database and like the scheme instead of HTTP colon slash slash will be like MySQL colon slash slash username, at password, colon, whatever, and then the database name and then any extra options like the character set or collation or query string options. And some other frameworks like Ruby on Rails already support this. And we've added this to Laravel as well so that Sort of the convenience or the idea behind it is that instead of having like five or six environment variables for your database, like database underscore host, database underscore user, database underscore password, you really are only managing one environment variable for the whole database connection, including the username, the password, the database, and all of the other options. So it's just a little bit more convenient when you're like needing to move an environment variable into production. You don't have to move like five of them. You can just worry about one environment variable. Um, So that's uh, now supported in the latest release of Laravel 5.8. We've continued working on the packages. Uh, Dries has been working a lot on Laravel Cashier. Uh, mainly exploring the next version of cashier, which will be cashier version 10, uh, because of changes on Stripe, um, because of new European regulations around credit card charges. So according to Stripe, this mainly affects businesses that are based in the European Union, Um, but they also recommend that if you have a lot of customers based in Europe, that you may want to transition as well to either the new Stripe checkout, or there's this new um, payment intents, API that you have to interact with, where you actually have to create a payment intent object uh, for a given amount of money before you charge the card. The whole flow is a little bit more complicated, actually, um, than it has been in the past. And you now have to rely strictly on webhooks to know if a charge was successful or not. Um, so the whole thing is actually kind of a headache, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but Drees is trying to work with that and get that ready for Cashier 10 because the new regulation goes into effect in September. And any businesses based in the EU that aren't upgraded to some of this new stuff will probably get quite a few credit card denials, and maybe even some businesses based in the US that interact with a lot of European customers, um, which like Forge and Envoy is a good example of that. We have a lot of customers based in Europe, so it's important for us to sort of make sure that we don't have any problems here. Um, so yeah, that's, that's mainly what Dries has been working on the last few weeks. Uh, Muhammad has been handling the typical Forge and Envoyer support and bug fixes, uh, while well, I've continued hacking on uh, the secret stuff I'm trying to cook up for Laracon. I've been doing a lot of Vue and uh, Tailwind, of course. The past few weeks, I've been pairing with Adam Wathan, actually the creator of Tailwind, to to build out this front end for this project. And it's been a pretty uh, cool learning experience. Actually, I can totally see the benefit of utility first CSS. Like he and I actually had to go back and pair on um, a, a project we had done that didn't use utility CSS and was just sort of this nested CSS, kind of traditional CSS structure. And it was just such a nightmare compared to doing anything with Tailwind where we can just edit the markup directly and see the changes. Uh, we had to deal with, like, nested selectors and all kinds of crazy stuff um, that actually is just kind of normal CSS in years past, I guess. But now, after working with Tailwind for a few weeks or really almost a month now, um, every day for hours a day, um, it feels a lot nicer to just use utility for CSS. We've actually only written maybe, like, 100 lines of custom CSS. A lot of that was for various transitions we had to write, um... Uh, we've extracted a few button classes but really that's about it uh, very little custom css in the whole project uh, which is really cool we also have been you know wrestling with various um, uh, javascript things uh, we haven't had too many problems actually this whole project is built as a view spa using view and view router um, the only thing we did that was kind of Uh, interesting that we kind of wish there was sort of a baked in solution for was a lot of the screens, like they load pretty quickly. And if you make, you know, async requests when we hit the route to go get the data and we have loading states, there's kind of a lot of flickering going on with loadings and uh, loading spinners and the data popping in and it happens. It just looks kind of janky in our opinion. And so we wanted to make it to where the page when I clicked on a button to go to a different route that the whole page is re-rendered when all of the data was ready and there was no sort of loading indicators and we just used in progress, which is a NPM package to put like a little loading indicator across the top of the page. Um, kind of like uh, turbolinks turbo links does or something like that. Um, but there's no like spinners down in the content area of the page typically. Um, so it actually makes the page when you're clicking around, it makes the app feel almost kind of server rendered, because there's no sense of like async requests happening, um, there's just the in progress bar at the top that goes across the screen. Um, the only time we really did like a true background request and had loading indicators on the page were some metric screens we had to display. We had to render some charts with Chart JS, and pulling in that data was a little bit more time intensive if it's not cached. And so, clicking on the link to go to that page if we just use in progress, it felt like pretty slow. Um, So we did decide to use sort of the traditional SPA loading spinners in the actual metric card uh, in that case. And I think that feels pretty good on that page. So we've been taking it kind of case by case, but it feels like 99% of the time, we're just loading all of the data before we even switch to the new component. And we do that using view router hooks. Um, I think it's before route enter and before route update or something like that within our components. It was actually kind of a gnarly little solution we had to cook up and kind of hand roll ourselves. So it'd be cool if there was something sort of baked into Vue and Vue Router uh, to handle that. And I think React is kind of exploring that with React Suspense, uh, which I don't think is out yet, um, if I understand correctly. There's been also some other exploration around these areas, kind of in the Laravel world. Uh, Jonathan Renick has written this thing called Inertia.js, which lets you still write most of your app as view components, but leverage kind of server-side routing and traditional data fetching on the back end. And then Caleb Porzio has written or is still writing this thing called Livewire, which is kind of more of a, I don't know, almost kind of more of a Turbolink-style approach, I guess, where you mainly write Blade and then um, have these back-end components that uh, can give you data and stuff. So it's pretty pretty crazy, actually. So check both of those out. And there's actually uh, Jonathan and Caleb have made videos about sort of their respective projects. Uh, so check those out. They both look pretty interesting. And, you know, just another couple examples of people trying to sort of uh, figure out the best kind of most ergonomic way to write uh, modern applications with Laravel and JavaScript and all that I actually don't really mind just the traditional view router view SPA approach. Uh, we haven't had too many issues with it, and uh, the, the the reason I kind of went down that road is I was already using Passport, and with Passport we have that really nice functionality where you can just call your uh, backend API using, and you don't really have to worry about any kind of tokens or anything because we have that. Uh, create fresh API token middleware that ships with Passport. So if you just throw that in your middleware stack on your web uh, middleware group, then you can just call your API back in no problem. And it's just all authenticated securely and everything. So it's actually, it feels really magical when you're using it. Uh, so I'm using that. So I already had like a full, uh, you know, JSON API protected by Passport ready to go. Um Uh, So it was very easy for me to just do a traditional SPA. Um, Whereas I think um, with Jonathan's approach and with other approaches, maybe it's for people that don't want to uh, deal with like writing this whole API layer for your SPA. Whereas I already had that. So it made sense for me. Uh, There's been some also some updates in PHP um, for PHP 7.4. So short closures made it into PHP 7.4. Uh, Sort of a limit, uh, one half of short closures, you might say. It's only single line uh, short closures where um, the syntax is like FN parentheses, then the argument, and then I think it's a fat arrow, kind of like an array, and then you can return whatever you want. And you don't have to do the whole use um, concept where you like import outside variables into the closure. You don't have to do that with the short closures. So that's pretty cool, actually. Um will be really useful for simple things like array map and array filter where you just want to do like a simple conditional or a simple return and you can just make it a one-liner now quite a bit easier with the short closures. There was also like a lot of debate in uh, the PHP internals mailing list recently because of a P or an RFC that came in to disable short tags, which I don't really ever use, but is a feature of PHP. And... The RFC passed, however, it was really controversial because deprecating it could, or like disabling them could leak source code for an app that is not ready for that, and then they upgrade to PHP 7.4, and they're if they're unaware of this or don't prepare for this, they could leak some of their PHP source code out to the world um, when someone hits the page. So there was a lot of contention and a lot of debate where... Um, Some of the PHP core developers felt like this RFC should have never even come to a vote because of these concerns, and how to deal with an RFC that passes a vote that maybe was an invalid vote to begin with, and a lot of just weird stuff like that, which I think raises a lot of questions about the PHP RFC voting process in general, where you have quite a number of people voting on these RFCs that are not core PHP developers. Maybe they've contributed to the documentation or whatever, and now they can vote on core features that other people maintain, which is to me is a really bizarre model for um, open source development. Really bizarre, actually. Like I can only imagine if Laravel had that kind of voting system on features where if anyone that had contributed to maybe the documentation or something like that could vote to determine what features go into the framework I just promise it would be a real dumpster fire in a hurry. Like it would get really nasty uh, really quickly. Um, be, you know, because a lot of times the people contributing these features, they're not really bearing the maintenance burden um, in the future. It's sort of on other people's shoulders. Um, so, yeah, uh, kind of interesting. And I think PHP should really change how they manage these RFCs and how they vote on them. It's just not really, I don't think, a good idea to let people that aren't maintainers of the framework vote. Uh, on framework feature or on you know, language features. Anyway, uh, pretty crazy. Um, I'll be interested to see how that turns out. So uh, Laracon is still coming up. Um, we are basically sold out of tickets. We had a few cancellations, but we sold out of all of those cancellation tickets. Um, so there's a possibility more may open up, um, you know, in the coming weeks or months, and I'll be sure to announce that So I think that's it for this week, and I'll be back next week with uh, another update. Thanks.